Welcome to Beyond the Pixel. I'm Luis Fernando Sand Sandrin, whoop, technical designer. And with me is Ken Ha, the digital artist. How are you doing, Ken? Pretty good, how are you doing, dude? I'm doing all right. You got words for us? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm very excited. I've been playing a lot of Valorant and uh, it's a Valorante. Valorante as, uh, <laughs> as it's pronounced. Um, I've been playing a lot of it. Uh, I used to be a, a Counter-Strike player, a heavy Counter-Strike player, but that was before CSGO days. Mm -hmm. So I was that... very excited to see something like this come out. Um, but it has been kind of a polarizing game for some people. Uh, what do you think so far? Well, uh, as far as I know from Valorant is that it is basically Counter-Strike versus Overwatch all put together yeah. in a single game with like very short time to kills, but also a lot of abilities. So it's an interesting balance. Uh, I haven't mm -hmm. tried it myself, uh, but I've heard everyone basically expunge heaps of praise onto this game in sort of how lol, well, not Let's let's use actual words here. League of Legends <laughs> was, <laughs> was received. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it, this yeah, thing's gonna be here for a hot. while, right? <laughs> it's not going away anytime soon. It looks like that. It looks like it. Um, it had a very very successful launch at uh, with their beta. I mean, kind of timed it perfectly with uh, with all of the COVID lock in. So people were kind of ready to play. Um, I was one of the lucky people that got the beta early beta key when they were giving it out on Twitch. Oh, nice! Um, so I got a chance to play it quite uh, early uh, from the get-go, um, as soon as it was made to the public. Uh, but I had my eye on it for a while. It, it, it's funny. The first time I actually heard about this game was on LinkedIn, and I wonder if it's because <laughs> we work in the industry and they were <laughs> Riot happened they... to be recruiting at that point. <laughs> Well, they they kind of need the people for to support they all the, the games they're making. They're literally making five different projects, right? Holy mm -hmm, crap. Mm -hmm. It's all that Tencent they're, money. Tencent owns them, that correct? That money, Tencent money has enabled them to, it looks like, aggressively attack different game genres. Clearly, this one is targeted towards the Counter-Strike crew. But like, look um, at that AK-47 on the screen. Just, just the general design uh, of it. Excuse me. Right. Uh, I think you mean the Vandal. All right, all right. They're so different. Don't they also have an op? <laughs> they straight up have an op, right? No, no. It's called the operator. Very different. I think what you're, I think you're mishearing is, is when you first hear them say the word op, you just shut off, and then that's what, that's all you hear. But it's actually operator. It sounds quite different. It's a completely different gun. Um, in fact, it takes a lot longer to pull out, so it's a practically a different gun. Okay, all right. Like <laughs> but, um, 0. 0. 0.25 seconds longer, right? Yeah, yeah, Th This gun. is that kind of game, right? It's a game about milliseconds, correct? Um, it's essentially as quick as Counter-Strike is, uh, although I would, I would definitely say slightly slower. Um, if you watch Counter-Strike, the... The time to kill is actually quite fast, and the uh, aiming is a, a little bit harder in how you have to set everything up. Valorant has, I would say, a, a, a lower skill ceiling on the pure aiming side, but a bit higher uh, skill ceiling on the teamwork side, especially with the ability usage. Um, even this far into the release, I do think that there's quite a bit of the meta that has not been explored yet, characters that have been quite underdeveloped. Um, and there's only been one real big tournament in the Twitch Rivals, um, and I'm not even sure if that's completed yet. That might be that might have just wrapped up. 
Um, so there's not a lot of data in terms of what the pro scene will look like, but the game was really, really well uh, received by most most like FPS pros. Um, with beta, if you were looking at the Valorant streams on Twitch um, at early beta, um, they had a lot of people playing from the Apex uh, Apex Legends group, a lot of Fortnite players, a lot of uh, Warzone players, and a lot of Counter-Strike players. Um, and then there have been some notable switch-ups in terms of uh, main game. The, I think one of the big ones was Sinatra um, from Overwatch announced that he was going to be going pro in Valorant, leaving the Overwatch scene. Oh, um, right before Overwatch yeah. 2, right? Right before Overwatch major. 2, so that's a, that's a very big um, leap of faith for a game that was in beta. Um, but it caught this game caught my eye even when it was just uh, in the LinkedIn phase, because the video that I saw uh, as an ad on LinkedIn um, showed pretty much what you saw in that trailer right now, which is a Counter-Strike game mixed with Overwatch. But the big difference being that the abilities in Overwatch have a much different function than the abilities uh, when they're used in a Counter-Strike type of game. Um, the example I used was, for example, a, a firewall or a smoke wall in o Overwatch wouldn't do much uh, since there's a lot of ability spamming, a lot of healing. But because in Counter-Strike that it takes away the ability for a op to get a one-hit shot on you, um, it actually means a lot, and it opens up a lot of uh, peer utility uh, in that's not quite available in Counter-Strike. Counter-Strike, you have essentially abilities uh, in the form of grenades. Uh, you have your flash grenade, your Molotov grenade, your smoke grenade, and your frag grenade. Um, and what language. Valorant did is... Yeah, Valorant just took all those abilities away and essentially took what their function was and put them into classes. Hmm. Um, and that that's that that was enough to really spice it up, um, but the exact same gunplay formula from Counter Strike is in Valorant, and it's a very much a Counter Strike type of game. Um, and you feel so any you transfer of your skills from Counter Strike can transfer pretty cleanly to Valorant. Very, there's a lot of there's a lot of crossover. <laughs> um, the aiming feels targeted to match Counter Strike. Mm. There's a lot of there's a lot of um, mechanics and uh just feel of the gun like you mentioned there the vandal is essentially the ak mm -hmm. um they took the meta guns from from counter-strike and they cut out all the kind of uh fluff guns um and that's what you see in valorant mm -hmm. yeah so for what do you what are your they, thoughts on, they build it right up on it yeah <laughs> Well, for so, me, what, so what, it, it, it's 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 so hard for me because it is it is like one of those competitive games, right? And there, I can only fit mm -hmm. so many of those in my life. And I, mm -hmm. I decided a while ago, like the last Counter Strike game I played seriously was was one point six, right? And that oh, yeah, was like a long time ago. That was like played. when I was in yeah. high school still. And like, what was mm -hmm. playing seriously in high school even me? It meant like I was playing it like two times a week, right? With uh, with my with my friends in Brazil, like that's how we we, we talked and communicated. But like, I wasn't going on the internet looking at pro strats or anything, right? I just knew I knew my yeah. way around office. I knew my way around dust. I <laughs> I could go around this stuff. I didn't start yep. playing Counter Strike yep. in that super competitive way that people are playing Counter Strike now, right? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't know how mm -hmm. to navigate that space. So for me, being so out of that game and possibly never even in that game <laughs> to begin with. 
Moving over mm -hmm. to Valorant is already a daunting prospect. But because so many people have been talking about it, it's this really cool thing that you can just jump in and like have a good time still because there are so many people in there. You got that variety of skill range. You have the the early fighting game phase, I feel, which is mm -hmm. when you when you get the hot new mm -hmm. fighting game. I play a lot of fighting games. That's the competitive game that I enjoy the most. It, mm -hmm. When you get that hot new fighting game and then you go online and you're just wrecking shop just because you spent like that those solid five hours just getting two good combos down in the lab. And you go in and you're killing everybody. You come back like two months later and then you realize, oh, no, I'm not. I actually got to learn this game now. <laughs> I feel like it, yeah, I'm at that early point where, 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 where you talking about it and like people in other podcasts talking about it have gotten me over the initial disgust period that I had, which is... <laughs> Disgust period? Okay. There, there's disgust. I want, to, I want to know more a bit more. My disgust period is, is like whenever I see something that's like, this is clearly targeting this audience and they're doing it by replicating the aesthetics of it, like the positioning of the gun on the screen, the way the crosshair works. Mm. And, and like, I was not a fan of the character design either in the game. So for me, like when I, when I hit that with my, with my eyes hit the screen and I saw that I was like, uh, mm -mm, nope. No, I don't want mm -hmm, this. Mm -hmm, I played mm -hmm. Counter-Strike. I played Overwatch. Mm -mm, mm -hmm. I don't need this in my life. But I am a man who is willing <laughs> to admit that, like, maybe appearances may be deceiving. You know, maybe there is something unique yeah. and original about this game that looks exactly <laughs> like a clone of this other game that people really like. That is stealing players from this other game. That looks like a very driven and marketing, like, focused decision more so than an artistic one, mm -hmm. which, you know, you're an artist. You should know about this. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know how form mm -hmm. follows function. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. But um, gameplay is king for me always. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If it's a really tight game, as everyone is saying, I'm willing to give it a try. And I and I and I want to and I want to do it. I maybe I'll even join you if you want to drag and carry my ass. Hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm dragging all my friends over the line. Right now. <laughs> okay, but, all right. But I will say that um, it's not a game that's probably going to be for everyone. Um, even as we talk right now, a lot of the streamers that I saw try it during the early beta phase. Um, a lot of them have gone back to whatever game they came from, whether it be Fortnite or uh, Apex Legends or Call of Duty Warzone or Counter-Strike or whatever it is. Um, I think what they saw was maybe not what they liked after, you know, that hot new game phase. Mm -hmm. um, but what I think that's important is that for those who are playing the game, it's it's hitting all the markers that like you wanted. Um, you know, we had a discussion a little bit about this beforehand because we couldn't help ourselves as soon as the topic was you, brought you up. You couldn't help yourself. I couldn't help it. <laughs> Let's you know, be specific. I had so many things here. to say about it already. And you and you um and you made a uh, actually a very good point. That same point about that kind of it like it's kind of like a ripoff. You know, let's say it. it's kind of a bit of a, a, bit it's, of a it's it's of a League of Legends right? deal, right? Like like you you it's either exactly you that. either play Dota two or you play League of Legends because they're so similar, but the mm -hmm. meta between them is so different, and the skill ceiling yeah. is so high on both of them. You can't really mm -hmm. flip flop between them. Is this sort of the same thing between Valorant and Counter Strike? You feel? I think that maybe on a pro level, it'll it'll be that way, but mm -hmm. on a casual level, it'll be quite easy to switch back and forth. Um, and anyways, the, 
the point I was just making is that um, in terms of you saying that it like in the nature of the fact that it's like a ripoff and I thought about it and I thought about like why for some reason because you're right I am an artist I care about proper representation of your artistic abilities and, and uh, properties but for some reason I really didn't care I just really wanted to play this game maybe it's selfish but what I I began to think of it instead of um, kind of like the age in hockey where back in I believe it's 1907 the forward pass like wasn't allowed no and they had seven players on the ice right and then you get a chance to see that right (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then someone introduces you to the current age of hockey with forward passing and the speed of it and curved sticks and then you just seeing how giving everyone the option of picking which one they would want i think most people would pick this option and i think that's how i feel about valorant is that it's kind of an update to a genre. We knew Counter-Strike wasn't really going to change. It didn't need to change. It had the top spot. But for me, I wasn't actually going to get back into Counter-Strike uh, because, like you said, the skill ceiling was tremendously high. If you were to start Counter-Strike today, the lobbies are really difficult after you get through your initial like bronze phases. Yeah. Um, just for like a, a regular gamer and not saying, like, and you know, Maybe you can call me trash or something like that, but I think in general it's quite it's quite hard. But because there's this like um, kind of easier newbie friendly period that Valorant has right now, and it's fresh, mm-hmm. it's it's much more appealing for me to to pick up a game like this that scratches that exact itch that I wanted with that was that wasn't being fulfilled because I wasn't playing Counter Strike. Do you still have to look up an encyclopedia just to understand what the hell people are talking about? I'm hearing stuff about the... like heaven, hookah, and like yeah. all these names. Yeah, yeah. Is... I I remember, like when I went to get back into Counter Strike, when I first like just kind of peeked my eye into it. Like I like just like you, I was just 1.6, didn't play um, CS:GO at all. And then I the first thing I noticed was like I I don't want to have to memorize uh, a sheet of of callouts and like it's so hard to understand this game when you're watching casters and they're saying so and so it's coming from vents and you have no idea like what where the vents are you don't know what he's referring to um it does seem very daunting mm-hmm. at first mm-hmm. uh that's why i kind of said i, I don't believe it's going to be a game for everyone um but i kind of like that i like that it's a game that's specifically geared towards a competitive nature and there's a couple other things Riot's been doing with their competitive scene that that is a much more in much more stark contrast than what we saw in Overwatch and um, even even with TF2. In that, um, I believe, kind of feel like Blizzard had a lot of control over the competitive scene by having control of the rights. Mm-hmm. Um, but Riot seems to be engaging the grassroots community scene much more and allowing the fans to run their own tournaments and working with them to set up the the prize pool and the circuit scene. Um, they said on stream quite a few times when asked about what their esports um, their esports uh, visions are going to be that um, they wanted to wait and see where the scene developed, which I think is a great idea. Every time these kind of new games come out, the scene always needs time to correct itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, 
I would reference back to StarCraft. And if you followed StarCraft 1, the competitive scene from the very early days, um, Dane and I had a, had a kind of video on this. There were a couple of notoriously important patches that happened right after uh, the game was launched that allowed it to be competitive. That, in addition to the community essentially being able to make the maps, Mm-hmm. Uh, allowed the scene to grow and the scene to find out what kind of gameplay they really kind of valued and, th- and thought was fun to play. Um, and I think that's what Valorant needs right now. We don't, no one, they, they seem quite cautious in making guesses as to how the scene's going to develop, where they want to have, you know, maybe it's going to be a five on five, six on six, whatever it is. Um, but they seem to have a open mind in terms of what they want to how how much of a hand they want to have in the esports scene mm-hmm. um while at the same time offering the resources to help it grow that's kind of new um i haven't actually seen that happened a lot in different scenes um but it seems like a recipe for for a lot of success mm-hmm. it's interesting when you look... you... go ahead no i was gonna say i think you also see it in the number of pro players that have begun to sign on a game that has just come out um it's quite surprising so yeah yeah it's almost like there's a lot of money being thrown around here Mm -hmm. i don't i don't want to be that guy but i think (laughs) it's right to be cautious um i felt the same way when over the overwatch league started to announce how much the teams were being bought for Mm -hmm. the licenses Mm -hmm. that made me extremely cautious because whenever that much money is being thrown around it's hard not to have a lot of influences from different places um and say what you want about the overwatch scene right now it's not where it was when it first came out and the what what the prospects had uh, what what kind of prospects they had back when it first got launched mm-hmm. i don't think that they would say that that's where they are they're at right now mm-hmm. um but valorant seems to be setting itself up for a success but we'll see how how much how like how how well they develop their game um yeah it doesn't seem like it will dethrone counter-strike but it does seem like there might be a bit of a shift in terms of audience and i think there's gonna be a lot of crossover Um, as as a player myself i started watching more counter-strike what's that is it the most watched game on twitch currently it's not right now now. it was during the beta but that's kind of like its initial introduction and i think Mm -hmm. that the exclusiveness plus the drops tied to twitch viewership inflated the numbers beyond what we can actually say how popular it is yeah but right now it's usually in the top 10 uh depending on uh whether they have a tournament or not what would you say right now is the biggest risk for valorant like what is what is the thing that you find that most people are complaining about if there is anything so far the complaints have been dealt with in um, a number of patches uh, mm-hmm. and you can kind of see what their met- what the company's methodology would be in the in how they patch their game it's they're gonna start prioritizing what they feel is important obviously and mm-hmm. because those patches as you know have the manpower and that, that that you need to pour resources into they're gonna be quite cautious about which ones they pick um, so I think it's gonna be quite telling and what I what I've seen so far is that they've been quite subtle in terms of their p- patch methodology. There's not a lot of hard counters, which I I really like. And there have been a number of adjustments that have come directly from the competitive scene since they launched it that they've made. So it's 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 pretty promising. There seems to be a lot of resources dedicated to 
fine tuning their their um their products so that it can be ready for high level esports. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say it's kind of <laughs> promising. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's it for Valorant. Sounds a good point to that's put in, Levon. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, okay. I'll get around to playing with you sometime. Uh, for sure. And maybe. <laughs> no, you're never going to play this game, I don't think. But we're going to move on and talk mm-hmm. about Destiny 2. Destiny 2. In Destiny... fact, I've played Destiny 2 before. You have. Have you played Briefly. Destiny 2 or have you just played Destiny 2? Did you spend uh, an hour just punching things in the face so your quests could complete, so you could progress a little bit? Yeah, I would say that uh, I experienced that and a little bit more, but not much more after that. Okay, well, that is part the of the Destiny experience. The scene itself is very fascinating. Huh? That, what, I've, what I've been hearing that's been happening in the scene is quite interesting and quite rare in terms of the in the gaming industry, so... I, I think uh, I think it, it is there are there are a few projects that that happen in in the industry that I always keep a close eye on because it is always fascinating to me. One of them is it's Call of Duty because mm-hmm. how do you keep making a first person shooter that everyone seems to love and hate at the same time and still mm-hmm. get like a pretty so good creative spin every single iteration you do? Like I think as far as a franchise goes, People are gonna disagree with me on this. It's, it's they can, they're wrong, but as a franchise, it is consistently the one that keeps changing itself every iteration, particularly because they're a two model studio. But if you look at those games, very little of them have a lot of crossover with each other, unless you look at like Modern Warfare One, Two, and Three. That was the mm-hmm. last time that you had a series that did the same thing but better, right? Because then they switched it up with like advanced warfare, infinite warfare, Mm -hmm. and like um, when they did Black Ops and Black Ops 2, those games were in the same franchise, but they're still fundamentally different in what they did. Mm -hmm. Like Black Ops 2 had an open campaign in in whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Call of Duty is something I'm interested in. Uh, Destiny is also another one because in the opposite end, they don't release new games. But they're constantly changing how their one game works. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. just today, they announced a big sort of inflection point that's going to be happening in fall, which is okay. when they announced uh, Destiny 2 Beyond Light is going to happen, which is the new fall expansion. So to catch you oh, up, right. yeah. mm-hmm. Destiny 2 came out 2017, I believe. That seems wrong in my head. Regardless, Destiny 2 comes out. Uh, and then it has seasons, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And two expansions, Curse of Desires and War of Mind. In between those, there's like different seasons that add content to the game. But it's always been building and building and building to get to the point where you hop into Destiny when it went free to play. A lot of people hopped on. There's an overwhelming mm-hmm. amount of content there, including the the other expansions that came out, Forsaken and Shadowkeep, which add systems and systems and like different activities activities you got to do specific quests so you got to go punch vex in the face in order to go to the menagerie back in like destiny 2 and i only found out about that yesterday and that was content that was in the game from four years ago which by the way uh that's exactly when i got my taste of destiny that moment that you're talking about yeah (laughs) (laughs) when it became free to play Mm -hmm. is uh when i decided to jump in and take a look and it was exactly what you were saying it was a bit overwhelming um it felt like it was in a Ooh, wrong trailer. 
uh, it was in a world that I was that had already happened mm-hmm. to me. You know what I mean? Like it's it passed already, and then there's a bunch of stuff that I'm just behind on. Yeah. Um, and then there's that new but... inflection point where you can jump in on. Even if they wanted you to go back, like they had like the the new light thing where you go back literally to the beginning of Destiny One. And then it jumps you over the events of Destiny 1, and you played that Destiny 2 campaign if you wanted to, and then you continue. They're doing something really smart and also a little controversial for a lot of people for, with uh, with with uh, Beyond Light. And, you know, I can talk about the features that they're adding Beyond Light. They're doing some cool story stuff that, like, you're going to be you're going to be controlling the darkness as well as the light. Destiny is a story about light versus darkness and the creatures that fight for both sides and you're trying to save humanity from the darkness using the power of light. Now in Beyond Light, you're going to be getting the powers of darkness uh, to sort of help you with that. They're adding a new element called stasis, which is powered by the darkness, which is this what they're showing on screen. Mm-hmm. Cool stuff. Very cool stuff. Very excited about that. But the cool thing that I want to talk about is is this. They are shelving content. They're taking stuff oh. out of the game. And it's not like just the early missions. It is whole planets. There's currently nine planets in the game. Nine destinations. Not nine planets because there's yeah. few have multiple ones. Right. They're taking out four planets of right. those nine. And that includes... Is it just Streamline? I, that, is, that is multiple. It is... There are multiple things happening here. So I hit, it, I hit a ball. I hit a bomb just now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because here's the thing, right? Um, yeah. You had all that content, but a lot of it had steps, had grinds mm. that you to get into. For example, there was this mm. really awesome, mm-hmm. awesome special event called the Menagerie, right? Mm-hmm. And it and yeah. it was sort of a spinoff from the first raid that they did called Leviathan, right? And you would do Leviathan, or like, and then you would get a call from like this robot that was controlled by the by this big bad from Leviathan, and he would give you like a chalice, and you had to grind like kills to to like piece it back together, like, and then you had to go punch Vex in the face, and then you combine it. <laughs> then you had right. to do a bounty to like yeah. really construct this this, this thing. Which was wow. real stuff like you had to do different sorts of daily, weekly challenges. You had to do uh, generate orbits of light, which is my least favorite activity ever. Uh, which like just involves you using your super or, or shooting enemies with a specific gun, and then you generate orbs of light. It, oh. it was a big grind or to unlock this stuff, right? Which You're may, making me cringe a little bit. Yeah, I know, right? And that was just because I wanted to play this really fun event. And we right. finally got there, and it was great. But there was this whole steps ahead of it. And right. at the time when it had, like, very little content. Remember Destiny 2 came out, and everyone said, there's no content. I just beat it. I'm done. I do I do, I do. do remember that comment all over. No one has that complaint anymore. And, and back then, right. there was grinds for all this stuff because there was only a little bit of content. So it had people in there and be invested in it and play it, whether you agree or not with that sort of context. is relevant. It is what it is. But here's what they do. Here's what they said they're going to do. They're shelving this old content. But it's not going mm. away forever. It's going in the vaults. You remember the Disney vault? This is the Destiny vault. <laughs> and they're going to bring it, this um, content back out. And it's going to be okay. new and improved. So what does that speak to me? That speaks to me that there's all this content. And some of it is very good. But it is blocked behind incomprehensible stuff for new players. Right? 
it's someone that's going to jump into into destiny in 2020 going to be like oh i want to play the menagerie and your friend's like okay well no hold on first you need to do the leviathan okay once you do the leviathan you talk to this guy that has no quest mark on him and he's going to give you this chalice and then like you're doing a drug deal at that point right <laughs> like like <laughs> at some point Yo, you want some you're, you're, you're meeting someone Dude, bro, at the end of the light <laughs> yeah it's like someone on the past like do you want to do you want to go to the menagerie do you want <laughs> I, I i'll get you the good loot you, you want a good grind <laughs> I heard you like grinding. I I I'm here to uh uh collect the void orbs that I need for menagerie. Anyway, all that stuff is going away. It's my white unmarked starship. <laughs> <laughs> so um what what I'm seeing though is that you you approve of the of of the vault, like to let's In slim theory. it down so they can to fix it up. If In they theory, come, if it comes out and it is and it is fixed. It, now, do you think it is that a good solution? Has... It is a good solution if if that's what they do and they come back out. Because there is, oh my god, I had to. I'm wearing a Destiny Two shirt right now. Ah. Like, like, like. <laughs> look at this gentleman. Look at this gentleman here. Whoop. Yeah, well, this like, is Lord yeah. Shax. So you're saying I you're love a fan. Destiny Two. <laughs> I love Destiny Two. It's a fantastic game. It you're is fond of Destiny Two. <laughs> yeah. I have positive yeah. feelings about Destiny 2, and I would love to mm. play more of it. I do not want to grind more in it, though. Mm -hmm. I would love mm -hmm. to do the fun stuff in Destiny. I would love to hang out with my friends, do Menagerie, do all these events, but they need updates. And I think this right. is what you're going to get from them. And I think going forward, they're designing stuff in a way that's hopefully going to be smarter about mm -hmm. like that grind and, and letting you do more of the things. That streamlined yeah. approach... Is gonna funnel people more into the events that are interesting. Yeah, it's gonna save space on your download as well. Like that was the other thing they were saying because now it's like 115 gigabytes on PlayStation. Yeah, it was prohib it was prohibitively large even on PC. Too. Yeah, it was too it was too large. And the yeah. stat they said is like one of the expansions, Warmind, is accounts for five percent of that space, and only 0.3 percent of players played it last season. That's a that doesn't make that much hurts. sense. Right? <laughs> so it's. Smart. I was gonna ask you. I was gonna ask you. Um, so do you feel like that's part of? It reflects a part of the um, change in ownership in terms of the development that's happened in the last few years. I wonder. Last year. Right? I wonder. How can it not? That seems like yeah. quite a large. A, a large deal in a studio to have that kind of shift in power. But it also seems like it's all building off what their original plan was, right? And and they mm -hmm. just encountered roadblocks along the way, and now they're course correcting. For example, they always said they wanted Destiny 2 to be a big MMO world. They still call it an MMO. Shooter. Whether you agree or disagree with that is beyond the point. That is definitely their, their objective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and... The problem with making a big world is that you you bloat it, right? And then you want people to keep coming yeah. into it and, and playing new stuff. Yeah. I have this problem with Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah. I've been trying so hard to get to Shadowbringers in Final Fantasy XIV, but I a cannot justify spending fifteen dollars on it when I'm paying when I'm playing thirty different games like that month, mm -hmm. right? So that's a personal a problem. Point. You hit a point. Uh, I was going to ask you, do you, did you play a lot of MMOs in general? Did you play WoW? Did you play besides Destiny 2? Played... I played Guild Wars 2. And right. I would say briefly, I don't think I 
got to the point where I could say like I I fully understood the the end game of that game. Uh, <laughs> I started yeah. playing yeah. ESO, but I bounced off that pretty hard. Uh, same with Star Wars Old Republic. Right. Final Fantasy XIV right. was the first one that I hit that I was like, yes, this right. is this is the one that I I want I want to be in. I want to be a part of. But there was too much stuff. There was too much stuff. I played it so hard. I have maybe a hundred hours in that game, and I just finished in the last free campaign they had. Just finished the main campaign. <laughs> I have to finish um, Heaven's Word. I have to finish uh, Stormblood, and I have to finish Shadowbringers to get caught up. That is maybe about a thousand hours of gameplay. Oh, those expansions. Yep. And I own them. I own this, and I and not. <laughs> you bought them already. I bought them, yeah. and I haven't seen this content. Yep. I have bought three mm -hmm. different three different editions of Final Fantasy fourteen saying, "Yeah, this is when I'm gonna get into it." But I play it so hard, and then I still can't didn't get past the main campaign. Destiny two doesn't have this problem because you can jump in and play anything, but you lose context. Right, it's out of order. And I don't think that really is important anymore to, to the Destiny 2 story is you have to accept that you're not going to get, you're going to hear about ledge. You know, you know, when you jump, jump into a fantasy game and like people say like, oh, I remember in the firestorm season when the great warriors joined into battle and fought for our freedom. This is what Destiny 2 should be, right? It is right. like you hear about what happened before, like you hear about all oh, the fault of glass. Me and my clan, I went and we did the fault of glass for the first time, and they had the jumping puzzles and amazing. I haven't played Vault of Glass. I've heard about Vault of Glass, and I want to play but Vault it's of Glass. Behind well, it's in Destiny One. I could go back and play that, but no one in there is available. No one wants to jump back to do that. But right. because they're vaulting content away, they also said they're bringing back Vaults of Glass in like mm. in in year four. That is going to be content they're updating and bringing it to you. So you hear about these legends, about these great raids, stuff with like the Taken King, right? Which was one of the most biggest expansions to like drop like ever. I've never seen it, an expansion change a game around so much. Like the, mm. the talk around the game so much as Taken King did. Was that the most recent one? No, that was Destiny 1's big, big change. Like when people were complaining oh, a lot about Destiny 1, right. they dropped mm. Taken King. Everyone flipped over and Destiny 1 right. became what it, what it was pretty much. Right, right. Uh, you can't really play much of that content now because there's no player base. Yeah, but I do remember that that sentiment when Destiny 2 came out was that there was a big question about what would happen to all the great content that they just got from Destiny 1. Mm -hmm. And this is what's oh. going to happen. It's in the Destiny vault. They're going to bring it out for events. People that have yeah. heard about these legends can go then and play that. It's not dumped on them. It creates right. opportunity to embrace like this history and culture of a game that has lasted for seven years. And for good reason. It is tremendous. It is one of the best shooters I have ever played. It is bloated. It is hard to know what's good. And when you, even if you know what's good, it's hard to get to it. Right. This is the logical conclusion that they came to, I think. And if they handle it correctly, this should be the model for other big games to go forward. I think that's kind of been my problem with MMOs ever since I stopped playing MMOs. And the last one I played was uh, World of Warcraft. And it's exactly what you're talking about. The The grind is too prohibitive. Um, and that was the same reason I didn't get into Destiny. Like I started it. And like you mentioned, um, like I was saying, I played it a little bit with a friend who wanted to start it at the same time. 
But as soon as I saw, like I read into, I looked a little, you know, you peer behind the curtains about <laughs> how to play the game well or what you need to do next, etc. To get away is a lost was, moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like, okay, let me shine the light and let's see where this ray of sunshine goes. And that ray of sunshine went like miles away. And because I just saw the the amount of time that I would need to play uh, put into this game, and it was the same problem as to why I don't get into M any MMOs nowadays, is that I'm not a fan of the time being such a uh, an important commodity in these kind of games, just like waiting or putting the grind in to learn certain mechanics. Mm -hmm. um, so it does it does sound like it's a great move um, for Destiny to kind of shorten it and at least bring it back and make it somewhat accessible. Mm -hmm. uh, have are you familiar with a game called Path of Exile? Yes, quite popular. Um, yeah, it's uh, Diablo. I, I jumped Diablo -like. in everyone. Uh, action RPG. Diablo 2 kind of spiritual successor. Mm -hmm. I believe they had some of the original developers working um, on it down there oh. in New Zealand. Yeah. And then, um, so my thoughts on that. So I jump back every, let's say, three or four seasons that they have. And I play for about a season to get my Path of Exile fix. And recently, what I've noticed is that the game is exactly what you mentioned with Destiny. It's become extremely bloated for me it there's still a lot of depth and i don't want to insult people who still play the game because it's still a very addictive game mm. but it's getting almostly almost monstrously hard to understand all the mechanics of all the different leagues that they've decided to compound season after season so if you're if you haven't played uh, path of exile for a while every season they have a specific mechanic and Going forward in the following seasons, they would often keep that mechanic in the in rotation and playable, um, using different mechanics such as uh, when you play a map, you put a certain gem in, and it'll have the mechanic in this map, for example. Mm -hmm. So the problem with that is that it, it adds to the new meta every season, then because you have the previous year's meta um, compounded with the new season's meta, which is Usually, which is usually heavily favored in terms of the items you get, so you tend to do more than the current season's uh, mechanics. But the old league is still there, so when you're trying to understand what your character can do, you have to look through six different seasons of extremely different content and know how to work them and how to manipulate them, and then keep track of what abilities do what it's it was just way too complicated mm -hmm. um so i just wanted to use that as an example for me in terms of i i love the idea of a of a simpler game that's a lot more accessible and easier to get to the core fun of it like you're mm -hmm. saying and uh you know it's key like making a live game game, right like mm -hmm. if you're gonna make a live game it's it's important that you make the content in such a way that as a new player jumping in at any time, you know what is going to be fun and interesting and you and you don't feel left behind, right? Like, right. there, sure, there is going to be stuff that you're going to miss out on, on Destiny 2 when they remove some of the stuff, but like a lot of it you can pick up just by chatting to people. That feels like a live game, right? Like, right. think about how many mm -hmm. events you go to in, in, in real life. Like, if I went to a concert, right? All right. 
well that's a bad example because you went to the same concert the uh, the dragon force <laughs> concert <laughs> like, great but say you didn't right and i told you like yes, oh this is. dragon force concert blah, blah blah and then you say like yo tell me about the dragon force concert and i pull up my phone and i'm like here this is what it was like this is the fun it had this is sort of the experience you're, you should have with like a live game right and it's mm-hmm. not so much like building like fear of missing out right it's more it's more like everything has its time and a place and you will get this chance to play this content again the the band will be back in town it's not going to be the same experience they're going to be older but they might even play better they might play newer songs that you that no one has ever heard of and you can have this new experience with like an old an an old person an old fan not an old person an old fan will come back and like he will enjoy this this concert even if they're playing the same songs right it's songs that you liked and they might be playing them a little bit better that's what a live game should be it shouldn't be this big library you shouldn't feel like you're going to a museum and seeing like ah remember when we ran vaults of glass remember how challenging (laughs) it was it is a breeze now we know so much better Uh, if you talk to <laughs> World of Warcraft players, that's exactly how they sound. You talk about like, oh, do you remember this patch? And do you remember this patch? <laughs> oh, they ruined things in this patch and blah, blah, blah. Like they have, that's how they mark time periods in their lives. Instead of like yeah. teenage adulthood, it's like, okay. But now, you go, but now you can go back and play that stuff, patch. right? You can go back and play that stuff, but you one-shot yeah. everything. You're doing raids that require 20 people. You're going up mm-hmm. to the boss and you're you're kicking him in the shins and he goes like, "Whoa, it's me! I am vanquished." <laughs> um, and and that's not that's not that's not fun. You could go the route that WoW did and they say like, "We're gonna do WoW Classic. It's everything that you wanted, the exact same way you remember it. You can suffer the same amount you suffered back then, <laughs> or you can do what Destiny Two is doing and put it away for a while. Work on it when there's the passion for it, right? Right. Take the right. content people really liked. Work on it." I'm sure, mm-hmm. like, after September, Menagerie is going away, but I had so much fun playing it. I imagine that's going to come back in some sort of reworked form because there's mm-hmm. so many systems involved in it, like the, the chalices. You, the, you have this item that you can get slot into it, and that detects what, like, bonuses you'll get or different challenges that'll appear inside this randomized dungeon, which is the Menagerie. I imagine it's such a dense system with many possibilities. I imagine that's something you're going to go through, look at, and then put back in the game. And it's going to be better than it was well, for- before. Well, for me, the most promising thing was to see the studio seem to to take more of a direct control. It did seem like Destiny suffered a bit from two directions um, syndrome when you're getting. <laughs> it seemed like it had uh, it wanted to be two things at the same time. Um, uh, so obviously, what happened was I believe Bungie, right? You said this is the one that uh, now has full control yes, over Bungie. <laughs> the development. Sorry, I just wanted to make sure. It's okay. No, it's fine. There's yeah. a lot of studios. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> anyways, um, now that they have full control, I think that's just a much more uh, conducive environment to developing a good game. And every time I look at a good, quote-unquote, good or impressive game that's come out in the last little while, I've always started to look at the studios. And I find that the studios are a better tell for quality than the trailer or whatever marketing pitch that they're saying Mm -hmm. so this is something that i would say that is more promising to me as an outsider in terms of someone that would want to get back or get into destiny in the first place how does that make you feel about valorant then (laughs) you know i think (laughs) (laughs) 
it makes me it makes me think that it's gonna be around for a while. That's what that's what I think. I think it's gonna it's it's essentially set up the same dynamic that's in Dota and and League of Legends right now, where there's two competitors and they'll be hardcore fanatic for either one and they'll probably hate each other. But for me, I don't really care. <laughs> care what game you play? I'm sure I'll play a little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's cool. that's my hot destiny minute. Oh, one hot more thing. Yeah. They announced they announced the next expansions up to like right. 2022. Right. You know. Okay. So what's, be... what's got you excited? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into that. I it's, this is just like this is just like a little send off. They announced okay. 2020 is is Beyond Light. 2021, their next expansion is going to be uh, the Witch Queen. A little bit of nod oh. to the Taken King. Uh, going to be fighting Savathun. It looks like that doesn't mean anything to you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then and then 2022 <laughs> is going to be Destiny 2 Lightfall. They announced three years of expansions, but they're still calling this game Destiny 2. Just call it Destiny. Just call it destiny, <laughs> please. That'll be their that'll be their superhero moment when they finally rip off the facade that they've been carrying. Yeah. Like, so what's after, in twenty twenty three? Are you going to be Destiny three? It doesn't sound like it. You probably shouldn't. We called the game <laughs> formerly known as Destiny two. Yeah, that's probably destiny. <laughs> the game. <laughs> anyway, moving Great. on. Uh, I'm excited about this Went one because on. I have no idea what, you, what you're going to talk it's about. My, it's my topic, right? It's your topic. Right. Should I just run the trailer? Okay. Yeah, I start running the trailer and then uh, <laughs> I'm super excited. So um, I have no idea why, this... but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> so there's this like hot game that came out 1500 years ago, everyone. And it went through a few iterations, you know, a little bit of a beta that took a few hundred years. And uh, for a long time, it was a bit quiet. And then now, if you've been watching Twitch, you'll know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Chess Royale, Modern Chess Fair. Has anyone heard Royale. about this game? Chess Royale. These are <laughs> words that you said out loud. <laughs> chess Royale. What the hell is Chess Royale? Hopefully. <laughs> you have a bunch of players that hot drop over a chessboard. And then when they encounter each other, they have to play each other in chess and whoever wins survives <laughs> no oh. i'm just talking about the resurgent of chess recently um and obviously this is had a lot to do with twitch um so have you for, let's let's first off what's your what's your experience have i heard of chess? chess yes i've heard of chess <laughs> have you heard of this game chess <laughs> no checkers chess um did you play at all do you play at yeah, all i played ken i was part of the you chess club lot. in high school Ooh, oh i played speed be... chess i i i, I would like me... i would like grab the chess piece and like click it on the clicker and then move m do my move when i was like feeling like play... really saucy it feels like you played like street chess like for money and for keeps oh yeah we were under bridges yo in cars <laughs> Like, you like whoever like your, lost got your, egged. Your own it was it was bad. <laughs> um, so okay, I'm gonna have to uh, scratch like half the things I was gonna say because now you're gonna you're gonna probably check me. Pun included. <laughs> um, I'm gonna fact check mate. You. Yeah. So, so um, for me, I'm a noob. 
I think I was trying to count in my head the other earlier today how many games of chess I've played in my lifetime, mm. and it's probably under fifty. Really? And it's not. It's not because I disliked the game. Um, I actually found it quite interesting, mm-hmm. but I never had anyone to teach me. And every time I would look into how to get good at chess, or the, it was it was exactly like Destiny. It was too daunting, <laughs> too much. There was no one to teach me, and you know, it's too chess much, is such a mental game. There's too much bloat in chess, you know. Like once they start adding like the multiple <laughs> pieces, patch. you know, they know. need a patch. They, as soon as they add smokes in chess, I'm in. Okay? <laughs> We'll talk but, about no, this no, no, afterwards. But, I have I, ideas. I, I love it. <laughs> but yeah, tell me about um, tell me about this Twitch thing. So um, the resurgence has been caused by a number of players uh, uh, that have let's let's it's probably started with XQC. He was the first one that started to play on stream that was had the biggest following, and then at the same time, this grandmaster named Hikaru began to well he'd been streaming for a while, but then his stream had really been blowing up. And then they happened to talk, and they had a crossover session where Hikaru began to teach Q- XQC. Mm. And then I'm not exactly sure how it was all set up, but now uh, that's running right now, Hikaru and a number of other uh, prominent chess announcers have pretty much almost every big name streamer that you can think of playing in <laughs> um, a large chess tournament called wow. Pog Champs. Wow. Um, they had their viewership was incredible. It was at something like 50k um, earlier today at the at the low mark, jumping up to like 60 or 65. So it's it's gotten me fascinated because I think that I think the the world is just ripe for chess right now. It just seems to be like a culmination of all these perfect things. One being that chess is a extremely uh, world known game. So. I've been talking to my friends who do know nothing about Twitch and are kind of excommunicated in terms of the social media life, but they've been watching chess on Twitch because someone told them and then they were interested. And then I think there's a lot of interest, kind of like lurker interest that like I had in chess, but it's interesting to now see all these big personalities on Twitch begin to learn chess because then you can't help but compare yourself to how well you would do and it makes you want to play chess and the it's fueled by a bunch of great personalities um that and it seemed that everyone in chess in terms of their pro scene has the patience of a monk because you should watch some of these these streams they're like the best teachers i've ever seen in my life Mm. they're so patient and they're so thoughtful in terms of the learning mindset that everyone needs to go through when you learn more about chess Mm-hmm. Anyways, I have been fascinated. I've been consuming more chess content than Valorant content. Whoa! In the last few days. Oh. Way more chess content. Everything. Every time Hukaru is streaming, I'm on there. Every time chess, the I'm not sure what the exact Twitch channel is. I think it's just Twitch slash or TV dot slash chess. Every time they're showing their tournament, I'm on it. Uh, I've even begin to, begun to like look up YouTube videos. I haven't played a single game of chess again. Well, this is the Twitch problem. You keep watching games, you just don't play games. <laughs> I am going to sign up. Um, I would love to get schooled by you. But what's your thoughts? Did you did you know about this kind of resurgence in chess? Well, you know me. That's like, interesting. like like I I'm 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 the writer who doesn't read books but writes a lot of books. <laughs> 
I right, I make right. a lot of stuff on Twitch, but I don't watch a lot of Twitch, and I'm not very into the community. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know what goes on. Sorry, not not into is a bad is a bad explanation. I'm not involved in it too much. Mm-hmm. I don't know the goings on. I don't have my finger on the pulse, as the kids right. would say. Uh, I get you, that mostly uh, from you. You the sausage, but you don't really want to eat the sausage. Yeah, it's not that I don't yeah. want to. It's just that I I rather play games. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I understand. Um, I just can't so, find yeah, the time want... to digest the content. There's a lot of really cool things people are doing that I want to be a part of, but I. Mm-hmm. It's time priorities, right? Yeah. If I have the free sure. time, there there's stuff that I want to get through so I can talk about them, right? Yeah, like if I had, if I had to choose to like watch someone play Destiny two or like go into it and like find stuff out for my own and then talk to my clan about the stuff that I missed, I'm gonna <laughs> do that. Well, uh, funny you say that because one of the reasons I loved watching chess is that it's great kind of to have in the background. Mm-hmm. So as a simpleton as, like myself, I don't know what's going on most of the time. I'm looking at the board. I'm sure like I would be the same me- way. I'm sure I would be the same way. Even though I've played so much chess in, in my in my in my freaking life, I'm sure looking at someone play it at extremely pro level is gonna go so far beyond what I'm capable of doing. I can play Okay, wait, wait, I- wait, 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 wait. <laughs> when you make moves, do you say them by their letter and, and you know that number E four, whatever it is? I could, I don't like, want to though. E4, blah, blah, blah. Right. So you know when you do that, someone uh-huh. does that on stream. I have to mentally I look to the top of the screen where the, the numbers are, and then I look to the side where the, or sorry, the, side where the numbers are, and then the top where the letters are, because I have to coordinate it every time. I don't know any of these things by heart. Gotcha. Um, I don't either. That's all to say. That's all to say. It's very easy for me to jump in and out to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the little tidbits I do pick up are fascinating to me. The fact that it's like such a, it's an old, like obviously it's a 15 year, 100 year old game, but it's, it's older than me. It's older than you for sure, um, but you know, on the surface, it's quite a simple game. But they, uh, they've, there's obviously a world of depth, and the fact that it's, you're playing another person adds, a infinite level of complexity, mm-hmm. right? Um, so it's so fascinating to, like, you know, when we have play of the game, people type pog champs, right? Like to play chess when they have moves that sound so old like the anastasia something something i don't uh, know the old russian anastasia yes <laughs> <laughs> you know that's what, that's what it's, it's, that's what it seems like all the moves in chess are called they're, they're named after like old russian aristocrats or something <laughs> but then coming going forward now they're going to be called pog champ <laughs> yeah that's oh, the, the pog champ gambit <laughs> that's the xqc gambit i know that you won the twitch 2020 Chess campaign. <laughs> that is such a weird like thing to just think about now. That like, right? right. I'm not sure. But I think. Wait, sorry, man, sorry. man, <laughs> just that it. Mm, mm, mm. There is a lot. There's a lot to unpack here when you think about the social impl- implementations of how Twitch took a game that has always been around and only now it has been going popular. Popular. Because certain people have jumped onto it. Mm-hmm. But the game has never changed. So never changed. There never is changed. there is stuff to unpack oh, there about 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 you know how much power people have over culture. People mm-hmm. that are that are that are just millionaires streaming content have over well, the evolution because imagine this. This starts a cultural revolution of this game that has always happened, and now it becomes a mainstay in like are people in like high school now stopping to 
stop playing Fortnite to play chess? Because look how significant that would be, right? Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. is like a minor cultural revolution if you get kids now joining chess club because they don't want to play the stupid Fortnite. They want to they want to move cool knights. <laughs> <laughs> they want to they want to castle kings. <laughs> um that's exactly I I think that's exactly what's kind of happening too. We'll see how much how uh how strong the legs are on this movement if people continue to play chess after this kind of hype initial hype died down. But personally I I love watching it. <laughs> like the content is great and it has never been I bad. That... Chess has always been good. Well, the thing is for me, watching any competitive sport, a big part of it has always been the the commentate the commentation or the commentary as well. Like I personally play a lot of tennis and I like watching tennis, but I'll be the first to admit the commentating in tennis is one of uh, is some of the my personal least favorite. It's in my opinion, dull and a bit, I guess, stuck in an older time of broadcasting. That's, in my that's opinion. the one where they're just like, love 40. Love 40. Yeah. Up and, by and, three, and... up to match points, <laughs> and that will be the win. Do you want it to be like, oh my god, I can't believe it. Uh, they're uh, rallying so fast. Can he get it? He gets the top spin. It is going out. I spat on my <laughs> pop filter. That's a uh, maybe maybe like a a a, a six and a half step there, down. you know? <laughs> yeah, like maybe 60 percent of that. That's kind of <laughs> well. What I what I I don't want it to be obviously uh, fake hype. Um, but you hate fake like hype, as I know very well. Oh, I hate fake hype. If you're if you're trying to pretend that you're excited for something and you're not, it's it's not. It comes off, I think. Yeah. Anyways, the. What I what I really enjoyed about chess is that the the people who have, who have been commentating, they really focus in on the strategy well, while at the same time adding a bit of personality. Mm -hmm. um, so it's been really really fun to watch, and it's really interesting to hear the breakdown of these grandmasters, these people who are just renowned for being really really good. And it's very rare to have commentators that are better than the players that they're commentating. Oh, if you think about that, mm. right? I, it's every time it's I play a fighting game. The... Mm. <laughs> well, think about think about uh, traditional sports. There's just recently basketball, for example, has uh, been bringing like retired players as commentators, or at least post post match commentary. Mm -hmm. um, but you don't see that in all areas. Like you don't see. Ex players being the commentators in hockey very often. It's very common in Formula ones, One, for example. Very and it's in certain places, right? And you see, and I think that the, the places where it does happen is where you get the best commentary because yeah, it's hard for me to listen to. Yeah, you can't. It's hard to believe to listen to Joe Schmo say uh, critique a top player or uh, or a top racer or something like that when he hasn't been on the track, right? Yeah. Um, whereas when you're listening to Hikaru. Hikaru roll his eyes on a certain move like you you know that he's able to add a legitimacy and an explanation to the analysis that's very rare to see mm -hmm. um in other sports so i think that's quite like really really fascinating at least on my end mm -hmm. and plus if you are a fan of any of these other streamers which you know you might be one of hundreds of thousands who are um it's a great way to just get into it and follow them and 
it's the game is so simple that anyone can really pick up the basic rules of it and then they're just kind of it's like that gateway drug to to deeper levels of chess mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. so yeah. uh i'm curious what what got you and did you did you always like chess or I always, I always like I always that. like strategy games, and this is the this is the part about chess that that like I always always like to point out. Chess is the granddaddy of the turn-based strategy game. All your fire <laughs> the emblems, OG. Your fire emblems, your into the breaches, your your XComs. <laughs> this is chess, baby. This is chess. Now here's what I want to know, right? And like I always like those strategy games, the one that you you you, you take your turn and like Into the Breach is a good example because everyone everyone gets this wrong about Into the Breach. Into the Breach is a game where you know everything that your enemy is going to do on the same turn, and people think of it it's like it is less of a strategy game, more of a puzzle game, which is like yeah, you're you're more or less there, right? Because you know everything the enemy is going to do, so you have to figure out how can I get myself out of the situation. Mm -hmm. Top level level into the breach play is not what the enemy is going to do this turn which you know it's what they're going to do after right reading the line as exactly. they would say mm -hmm. That's did, you, did, you, did you like that terminology i just i, I picked up what up. you put down <laughs> that's chess that's, that's the chess. same rationale it, yeah. it's like you have all the information in front of you you know what everyone's capable of. Into the breach, you have the knowledge of like what your enemies exactly are going to do that turn. So it's like if someone in chess, like you yeah. saw, like oh they're going to move their rook in the next thing, but you but they could also move all their pieces at the same time. Into the breach yeah. is cool, um, <laughs> but it's thinking like okay, well if they do, do here, if I allow them to do this, what are they going to want to do next time? That's chess. Mm -hmm. That's always a good. That's always a fun thing to think about. That frozen synapse change that a little bit as well frozen synapse is a game that you take your turns at the same time so it forces you to think where your enemy is going to be at the same time it just removes that step of like the puzzle of the now and it only includes the thinking moves ahead part portion of it yeah. so that's interesting and all of these to me is chess 2.0 right yeah <laughs> but here's what i want i see what you're saying I here's what, you're what saying. i want i want chess 2.0 you want the you want the I want chess real expansion. chess 2.0. That's what I'm curious as as like a designer what what that looks like. Is like what if right. you took all those pieces, right? You take the bishop, the rook, the knight, and like they have their abilities, right? They have their movement and their stuff like that. But what do you do to create a game that's like you're never going to recreate chess, right? Whatever. This is going to be a separate thing with separate logical process, but I'm interested in how people how it would mm. Change and this is something that like every every old fan of chess is gonna like hate me on this, but like, what what if what if you created chess 2.0 and now suddenly you patch the knight and if he jumps over a unit that unit is now hobbled and he can only move one right. space in his own unit. You're talking about right? the Valorant of chess. I'm talking about the Valorant of chess. It you is. Chess it's, it's, <laughs> you know exactly how I would feel. I feel right now when I play Valorant. That's a good, it's a very funny analogy. Um, that, that is so true. I was not expecting yeah. that, but you're absolutely yeah. right. That is exactly <laughs> it. I'm thinking like, um, what if you put a bishop next to a unit, right? And you did not, and you did not take them out. But after like two turns, you would get that piece. Right. That's not unheard right. of it's in it's chess either, right? That's not unheard of in chess. You take the pawn right. to the other side of the ring, that pawn becomes a queen. They already have abilities. These units already have abilities. Yeah. <laughs> what I am suggesting is chess 2.0. Chess 2.0. Well, I find that's that a fun design chess... problem. 
chess is like like the building block of of, of games you know like like tetris is another building block of games in my building opinion puzzle games, these, yeah. are, these early games that were just focused on one single puzzle problem i would even argue mario is a part of this a part of this uh uh building block game genre and it's interesting to see how when you mix different like i think that's what the most modern games are and that's what why i was not really offended by valorant mm -hmm. is that most of my favorite games are these mingling of multiple genres like you 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 grew up in a very similar age of gaming as I have. Mm -hmm. um, and you'll remember early gaming, there was your RPG gaming, what you just mentioned, Final Fantasy, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And then there was like every other game, right? There was the other genres. And no one really brought RPG mechanics into an action game or a fighting game. You know, no one, there was very few that brought like mana. legitimate leveling up, right? Legend of Mana, the, that's what made those games so great. Secret they of were, Mana. Those were the games that <laughs> melded those those exact genres, right? Legend um, of Dragoon oh, added active abilities to your your mm, combat. Do you remember mm, Legend of Dragoon? Did you did you play Legend of Dragoon? Oh man, I love you Legend are of Dragoon. My sauce. Ah! This is, this is like, <laughs> I'm so happy I like found someone that actually likes have, Legend of Dragoon. It's like we have a, a a relative that we both didn't even know about. Yeah. Legend of Dragoon <laughs> was a sleeper that I loved so much. So and I, I love so the combat system. The so additions, much. right? The additions. The, the the fact you could transfer into Dragoon, and then he had like a, a turn cooldown, mm -hmm. but it wasn't as was limiting as like Rangers, limit breaks. So I was like, I'm down for this. It's so good, so good. Oh. Um. Oh yeah, and it was like a spiritual successor to Mario RPG, in my opinion, which first kind of introduced that was timing RPG type of mechanic. Mario RPG hey, was Super Nintendo. Yeah, it was on the Super... It was, yeah. I was thinking Paper Mario. I had... Well, Paper Mario is probably the actual spiritual successor of Mario RPG since uh, after the Nintendo Squaresoft split. Yep. Uh, that franchise was pretty much dead, which is sad because that might be my favorite Super Mario property of all time is mm -hmm. Mario RPG. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're talking about chess. And Mario RPG... <laughs> You can see chess in Mario RPG. You can see it. It's exactly what you're talking about. This kind of basic, simple gameplay. I think that's what everyone, why everyone's able to jump into chess so much and so easily right now. It's because it's an easy game for everyone to kind of understand. Even if you don't know the high level stuff, you can pick up on at least what's going on. You're speaking the same language mm -hmm. as someone else. And you can learn um, as well, and... right? Here, yeah, here's, here's, the thing, here's the thing, though. I, I feel like until Twitch got on it, Chess was never considered sexy. Oh you, wait, you yeah, know? no. Are you kidding me? No. Like, 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 no. like. Let's thing. Let's thing. Everyone like shoehorning the thing. Like, like chess is in. Yeah. Chess is chess isn't sexy. Here's here's what sexy is like. It's Fire Emblem. It's Starcraft. It does all this and your flashy explosions and your mm -hmm. bullshit. Yeah. Right. That's the um, thing. Well, if you look at who's playing chess right now, it's some very attractive people on Twitch. <laughs> some very hot, you would even say, people on Twitch. So that's. That's that's a very interesting change for this. The for game this didn't game. change. The people playing the game changed, right? Yeah, it's, and, and like well, the, and like the environment. The environment is it's your tennis so problem. Foreign. So this is one point I actually wanted to bring up, and it's becoming a bit of a topic uh, now that chess is kind of blown up. Um, have you heard of the phrase chess elitism? 
No, but I I can figure what it means. <laughs> so you can figure what it means. There's been a number of comments by who knows where. You can probably Google it if you want to look up this controversy yourself. But people have been talking about how these newbies that are joining in because of Twitch and what's been happening with PogChamps, that they're somehow ruining the game or diluting the pool and that they're not real chess players. Mostly regarded as nonsense, but it seems... I wonder if it's an actual sentiment within the chess community or if it's just a bunch of it, certain loud folks. If you care about the game that you're playing, you should just be happy that more people are playing exactly. it. Exactly. That is, that, is, that, is, that is garbage nonsense. Can you imagine if you were a professional sports player, say you're a soccer player, mm -hmm. and then there's a, a massive influx of kids playing soccer and you're like these kids who just started playing soccer they don't know the game they're ruining the game okay these idiots are are screaming pog champ after they score each goal they're ruining the no it's that's silly have it silly the the grassroots everyone playing is what pushes any true sport forward because there's more people playing chess 2.0 baby let's do it <laughs> chess 2.0 <laughs> trademark it trademark it <laughs> Get it in. <laughs> no, but you're, but you're absolutely yeah. you're absolutely right, and I and I, I I I get so upset because I I hear hear about that all the time. There's, uh, I don't I don't like that sort of sentiment where 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 it's, oh, one thing has to be for a certain subset of people, and it cannot be for anyone else. You know, if he if you're, I lost your audio, I lost your audio. Sorry, hello? Hello? Okay, yeah, okay. you're here. Uh -oh. Sorry, I thought it was on my end. Okay, we're okay. Okay, just uh, a second. We're back. Anyway, uh, sorry, you're saying... There's... What was I saying? Right, that something had to be for something. If you, if, you, if you find, like, a certain environment so precious for your game, you can still have that. No one's taking that away from you. If you want to play chess in a library with, like, your old, your old buddies and, like, just have a quiet little experience and not scream pog champs or whatever... You can still have that. No one is taking that away from you. But like there, I lost oh. you again. Oh, oh, no, you're just being quiet. No, I'm just being quiet. Okay, all right. So, um, sorry, I was, sorry to interrupt. I was just going to say, I see, I, I think it's less of a actual chess elitism problem. And probably the uh, we might be able to find more common ground in the fact that if you look at any game that becomes popular again for whatever reason, there's always some sort of outcry in terms of the player base. I was into chess that... before you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like these, these new hipster. people, whatever, whatever it is. They aren't true Destiny fans, whatever. I wonder if it's just every for every major change in um, player base, when people are just starting to kind of get into something, there's going to be a, a a tendency for someone to fight back just because it's the popular thing. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if, that, if it's, that's really the case. Because, like you said, there's only really good things that can happen from the resurgence of people playing chess. Think, thinking about it now, I almost wonder if it's something like... Say say you were playing like a, an old game, right? And then, and then you had a small community and you were all playing that game. And yeah. you had this community that was now watching you this whole time, right? But it was small and it was growing. And then suddenly, Mr. Big Shot Money Bangs... Money banks, money banks, money banks. <laughs> this is a dollar bill. Yeah. <laughs> uh, starts playing it over here, and then now everyone's flocking over there, and then start your community starts leaving as well to go watch them because they're louder, they're flashier, and they got more money than you. 
So right. uh, maybe then that that starts where where the envy and jealousy comes from, right? Like yeah, if, I can if see it that. if it's sort of cannibalizing whatever audience you had before. Yeah, but I like can if, see, you're, if you're in a smaller community where you're really maybe you really enjoy the small community feel, mm-hmm. and when things blow up, you you do lose that a lot. If you ever played a <laughs> if you ever played a dying game where it's just you and like. 30 other people that are still on the multiplayer servers <laughs> Jedi Knight 2 <laughs> like you know what it's like you know everyone who still plays because no one else still... I play th- that's my it's not quite a dead game but a, a lot of people would say Smash Brothers Melee is a bit of a dead game you have to have like a CRT it's undead it's, it's undead okay it's definitely not dead but it's it should have been it should have been put I, in I the ground anyone... but you guys still keep playing it <laughs> listen when I tell anyone that's not that doesn't play games about melee they look at me like i'm a unibomber they think about me they're like what do you do why why do you still have that tv it's like it's so you heavy the, you, you keep this monster thing that's probably gonna like leak nuclear fumes like that, in two years is that a is that a gamecube controller how old is that game <laughs> Do they still make those? I resent the fact, by the way, that I was in an EB Games not like six months ago. Uh, remember stores? Remember when you could walk into stores? <laughs> remember walking in stores? Uh, and, and like, I was just there minding my own business, you know, looking and like, oh, what did I miss? What's going on here? And then these kids come up and they're having this conversation like, hey, yeah, man, I'm like really into retro games like Gears of War and Halo. And I'm like, you shut up right now. If the words out of your mouth are not Mario and Sonic after that, <laughs> we're going to have words. <laughs> this is like a- angry grandpa gamer talking. <laughs> They, we just made a Gears game. What are you talking about? It's not a retro. <laughs> it just came up last this year. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, um, yeah, so that's all I have for chess. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how it develops. I'm going to start playing, actually. Uh, I have a couple of friends that are also interested in starting, and we're just kind of trying to soak up as much free tutorial lessons that we can get from Twitch right now. Nice. Yeah. You're going to start doing a male chess? Male chess? Do you know what male chess is? What's male chess? So male chess was something that I that I, that I I did briefly in high school. Um, to make money? Is this, no. Where's this story no, going? Male, right M- M-A-I-L. Okay? There's an I there. It's not L-E. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You, uh, there's some services that offer this. And you make a move, right, on your chessboard. And then it sends mm-hmm. an email to your opponent. And they click that link and they see your move. And then they make you, oh their God. move. So oh you can, so you can like have like five games email? going at the same time, right? You have five wow. games at the same time. And you're each like opening it up and looking at your moves and saying like, mm, okay, that's interesting what you did there. Well, you hear about, about this. I'm going to do this. Boom. Are you playing all this in your head? Like there's no board that you set up? No, 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 no. The board's in the email. Oh, so is it? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You, you like, some of them are different. There was ones where like you would, you would type your move in. And then like later on, they had ones that were actually graphic. Like it would link you to the site and then it would open up your session. You would make your move close the session and then it would send that move off so that reminds me of uh there's a documentary on netflix on carl magnuson are you mm. familiar with this personality in chess carl the no. number one player right now uh, oh wait number one wait wait wait, wait. carl yeah. with the k right 
I don't want to say it. I feel like no, but uh, okay, I'm then I don't put it out there that I know <laughs> exactly. I, I, I don't um, think sorry, Magnus I'm, I'm Carlson. Curious. What am I doing? Oh my God. Magnus Carlson. Magnus Carlson. I... Great. Now it's out there. Anyways, as a documentary okay. on him, I highly I, recommend I it. It was my first introduction into like uh, kind of my first recent introduction back into chess before all this Twitch stuff happened. Kind of pre preambled uh, my interest in it right now. Mm -hmm. I will recommend it. Recommend it. What's it called again? Uh, you might just want to Car search Magnus, Car <laughs> Magnus, Magnus Carlson. Carlson documentary Netflix. On, yeah, on Netflix. Okay. And then that'll take you to whatever one it is because I can't remember off the top of my head. Gotcha. I, I'm interested in seeing like what me like having not played chess in like four years other than like a random game or so versus you versus, versus you with all uh, your Twitch knowledge. Incoming Valorant Pro. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see if like how if like if I if some part of me still has like my gut instincts about all this. How, how bad. So um, do you remember being rated at all? Being do you rated. know like that rating system they have? They have like out of I think I don't know what it's out of but. Um, some really good players at 2,500. I think masters are like over 3,000 or something. Nope. There's a ranking system. Oh, now. rating. If you, play, if you go in chess. Nope. Yeah, yeah, rating. Nope. Yeah. If you play chess.com, it'll give you a rate, uh, a ranking. Nice. Like it's your, it's your MMR in chess. Nice. It's your chess MMR. Nice. Right? I'm sure it's going to be okay, very skewed now. This. Like, here's the thing: the democratization and like interest in chess is probably going to make a lot more better chess players than I probably ever was. Mm hmm. Probably. Because I was I mean, pretty, I was pretty good at chess. Players. I was pretty good at chess in my in, in my school, right? I never went to tournament mm -hmm. or stuff because it was such a small community. I played with maybe yeah. the same four or five people. My dad's the one who taught mm -hmm. me. I eventually could beat him pretty consistently. Do you have um? Do you have a, the same opening or like do you like to mix it up? God, dude, I if don't know anymore. White. I don't know anymore. You don't know? Like Would I need to get, I need to get a opening? board. I need to get a board in front of me and like think yeah, about perfect. it. I need to play you before you get refreshed, and then that will be fair. And that'll be fair. I probably don't know, dude. Probably no. Would you be upset if I beat you? No, not at all. I'm, 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 I'm definitely. Not I, I, I think, I think 100. Like you're, you're very likely to beat me. Like I said, my interest mm, wane. I'm, I'm playing chess 4.0 now. I'm playing fire. I'm, I'm, Wait, pl you're playing I'm playing fire. Beach, I'm playing already. fire emblem three houses. <laughs> That's my tackle strategy. We'll see if right the skills transfer over back to the OG chest. It, it's a thought process, when, right? Right. What what never yeah, leaves you in chess is, is is what helps you in every single other tactical strategy game is like what am i going to do this move that's going to set me up for the next three moves that's the core right. basic of most tactical strategy games right mm -hmm. it's like if i do you, this it's going to enable me to do this and that when you were playing a lot back in the day did you visualize the board differently like did you were you able to All visualize yeah. plays on yeah, the absolutely. Board, I guess, like, the what, it, what, what, what was common for us to teach us is is like when you make a move Think about what your opponent's possibilities are, and imagine like different configurations right. of what the board could look like in in, in the future. Right. And right. if you can imagine that and like not be caught unawares, that's already a good spot to to be in. Blundering is blundering. Blundering. <laughs> can I can I tell you a little story? So Go ahead. I first heard the terminology on Twitch, mm. and I heard everyone say the word blundering, and I was like. Blendering? What? Wait, what? Does that mean that he moved his pieces in a 
blender like and he's like oh well he just blended and i was like what and i googled it like chess blendering and just, <laughs> no help videos would come up i'm like what the hell did they mean by blendering what is that what is that obviously eventually got it blundering makes did perfect you, sense now did you get just a bunch <laughs> of first year like blender projects where they model the chessboard? <laughs> I got that like will it blend video or something. Oh my god. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I would love to play you. That would be very interesting to to take take a look and and we'll see if this 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 craze keeps going. A okay, million dollar questions. What would you rather play with me right now, Valorant or chess? I would be more interested in chess because it would be more competitive. Because if we played that's Valorant, a very polite way of saying Valorant, you're gonna stop me in Valorant. <laughs> Also, Valorant is a team game. That's another thing that I, I like didn't talk too much about, but that the teamwork involved is one of the funnest parts. Is mm -hmm. that when I have four of my homies and we're strategizing and we make up these plays like football and they pull off exactly how we wanted to them, it's super satisfying. Mm -hmm. um, whereas chess, a one-on-one -on -one game... Mano a mano! Mind against mind! Mano a mano, you know... Mind trick stuff. I think it's um, it's a fighting. It would game. be much more interesting for us to play. Plus, I've never tested myself, so I'd be very interested to just learn again and lose a bunch of matches. Like when they do, I'm watching Hikaru like do puzzles. Like you know what puzzles are? Like they just like quick like. Oh yeah, uh, the ones where they set up the board in a way and then you have to solve it. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And he's just firing off like bam, 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 and I have to pause it, and I'm like, wait. Why? Why would you think why, to do this? Why, why was this efficient? What's going on here? Did like, you get Chess Ultra? Watching... I got Chess Ultra in, in the Humble Bundle. Right? That was the trailer. Hey, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the <laughs> Um Yeah, when I'm watching them commentate live, it's I mean it's very it's very humbling as I'm understanding the move that they were talking about as they're saying four moves ahead of now. Yeah. <laughs> as they're as they're talking as the play's already gone by. It's so. it's very impressive. It's it's like fighting I'm very games. By how how quickly everyone who's a professional chess player recognizes things on the board that just look so like like i remember um this is actually pretty funny so uh, a little spoiler for anyone who doesn't want to know the current chess pog um record but go make a taco uh, come XQC, back xqc just played and then he lost in six moves so on move three by uh black pieces which by the way black pieces has the disadvantage it's the it, you know you know this obviously right so he's, he was playing black and then i looked it over at the stream and both uh alexandra botez and hikaru reacted at the same time they just like got stunned and i was like what 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 what, what are you stunned about and that's when i had to pause and i was like okay hold on you guys are and about like 30 <laughs> minutes later I, I paused the stream and i was like okay that's Embarrassing for him, he didn't see that. <laughs> he blundered. He blundered. He blundered. He blundered that god. Is that gonna be a um, new Twitch emoji? Yeah, whatever yeah. they call them. Blundered. He just blundered that piece. That idiot. <laughs> it's just yeah. a blender so, logo yeah, with a chess piece in the middle. <laughs> um. So that's all I ever have to say about chess. Um. I'm. I'm very excited for. I got it. one more thing to say about chess. Okay. What's that? Mortal Kombat chess. You laugh. How this is that? a real thing. Mortal Kombat Deception. Wait, really? Yes. Mortal Kombat Deception, the game that came after Deadly Alliance, the second Mortal Kombat game for PS2, third if you count Shaolin Monks. 
um, had a mode called chess combat where you would assign different characters to different piece positions and they would be able to move those different amounts but they also had certain powers and there was also power-ups on the chessboard and every time two characters meet they would engage in Mortal Kombat and you would play a round of Mortal Kombat and the pawns would have less health and the queen would have the most health it was very oh. interesting it was like a chess metagame on top of the Mortal Kombat fighter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like wow, you have, chess, it was a full chess, chess pieces, right? This was chess 2.0. This is kind of, it's kind of it. Like you would you have stuff like, uh, like you could put traps, right? And you would do that before the game. And then if the player landed in that, they would be stuck for like two turns. I think I remember this. This is. I think I remember like watching Sub Zero put like an ice trap on the on the on the board. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. There was yeah. that. You had different powers depending on different characters that you had. Uh, like if your bishop, your bishop was Sub Zero, he could do ice traps. I was pretty sure it was something like that. The bishops were like mage users, but they had less had health great, than great knights. Idea. And I want to see the world's top chess players play Mortal Kombat chess. Yeah, and they have to have the they have to play the fighting game as well. And they have that like a really tournament good. with a million dollars in the that line. Really so good. Really oh, I wish we were famous so we could make this happen. Oh, I know, I know. Maybe they'll we'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. It's a good idea. It's it's out, it's out man, there. Someone there is a there's a layer of like prep to this game where, where it's interesting because you could put think about it as a fighting game, like like you're playing your mains, right? Do you yeah. want your main to be your queen so you have the most health Ooh. and then you wreck shop? Or do you want your main to be your pawns Ooh. so you have more of them but you always start at a deficit? <laughs> Think about that. The depth. The depth. Uh, Mortal Kombat Deception right? is, is not the best Mortal Kombat game to play though as a fighting system. <laughs> they got there eventually, but... Mm. Eventually. Remember, these um... were fighting games that you couldn't patch. <laughs> Right. Um. So yeah, that's all for my for my chest. Did you have? A, well, you had one more. Thing, yeah. Right? Let's do a quick little send off. Um. Cause Thursday is the PlayStation Five reveal. Oh, that's right. And that's we wanna, right. We probably want to hit a few things with PlayStation mm -hmm. Five now. So this is the big reveal that they say they're gonna have. What is mm -hmm. that gonna entail? I think they show at least the box. I think they show games. Look, okay, look, look, they have to show the box. They have to show the yeah. box. Like, if they're not going to show the box you... now, when are they going to show the box? What's in the box? Hopefully a system with a lot of good games. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. They did a great job with the PS4. Yeah, There's, they did a really I good never, job. So unfortunately, I missed out in this generation's uh, consoles in terms of I didn't own one. But looking back at it, there are too many titles on the ps4 this uh, and a lot of exclusive titles on the ps4 that i really 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 want to play mm -hmm. the list goes on like this obviously god of war god of war spider-man last of us spider-man last of us we talked about the last of us yeah. too yeah in our in our episode zero which we'll put up in episode three years zero. for our patreon subscribers <laughs> only fans when we're <sighs> when we're desperate and need some money <laughs> Hey, you want to uncensored session zero, zero of Beyond the Pixel <laughs> bloopers that you will never have seen before? <laughs> Watch so Luis stutter as he announces the podcast for the first time. All right. Um, um, so, has there 5. been any uh, rumors as to what games might be coming no. out as the launch titles? No, no, nothing, nothing that like leaked. But I, right. I have my suspicions. Um. 
Spider-Man 2 is the one that I think they're going to show. Okay. For multiple yeah, reasons. Do you think it's a little soon? How long was the how no. long ago was the last game? Last game was 2017 and the 2017. Okay, that, it came that out in September sense, yeah. 2017. God of War was 2018. I right. think you launch with Spider-Man for two reasons, and I think you show it for two reasons. Um, it it's been three years, right, since that game. I think that's that's a pretty typical dev cycle. If you're building upon an existing IP on an existing engine, they also mm -hmm. used that game to show off the tech of the SSD. And I think something super simple you can do with that is like now that you're the SSD is the new hard drive that's in the PS Station 5. It is reportedly faster than anyone has ever predicted even. Like it's it's yeah. stupid fast. Something easy you could do with that is have an open world game. And then you say Spider-Man is now swinging four times as fast as he was on PlayStation 4 because we can load the map that much faster. Easy sell. <laughs> easy sell so like you're saying that he literally moves four times as he fast, literally just... moves four times as fast because they can load it <laughs> he is just zipping that fast i think uh that like, doesn't make a lot of sense spider-man first off it's a great hype game um who doesn't like it is did you know that is literally time? the fastest selling playstation game of all time what do you mean what like fastest as in fastest selling like in thing? terms of like from i'm not sure what the marking point is but it has mm. moved more units faster than any oh. other PlayStation game. It is not the highest I, selling. Highest selling. You know what? What's, I'm, what's I'm, the highest selling? You should look it up. Uh, so I will just say that it it doesn't, it, it surprises me, but that's mainly because the PS4 has so many huge titles that it's contending with. But yeah, I, it does make sense that Spider-Man would be, would be up there. It does, it does surprise me a bit that it's the fastest. What do you think is the highest selling? In terms of games in general, or the PS4 bulk, era? Bulk, for PS4. PS4? I would have thought it was The Last of Us. The Last of Us wasn't what on PS4. It? Last oh, of Us sorry, was on sorry. PS3. Oh, then, well, I definitely don't know, but I would have thought it would have been God of War then. Nope. Fastest selling, the highest selling game of all time on PlayStation 4 is Uncharted 4. Okay. Of uh, sorry, uh, of first party titles from from that highest selling right, is Grand Theft right. Auto Five, of course. Um, but of the PlayStation titles, it's Uncharted Four, highest selling at sixteen million. Number two, what do you think? Uh, are you going to say Spider Man? I'm going to say Spider Man. <laughs> Spider Man is the number two highest selling game with thirteen point wow. two million, three million less than Uncharted Four, but still a lot. For 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 a first title, that's quite that's quite impressive. For Insomniac, for it's really good. That's, that's very 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 impressive. God they of War is number game, three. Though. God of War is number three, with okay, ten million. Sense. Three million that's less again. Less that's a lot less than I thought. Um, it's an M-rated game. Wow, that's it's an M-rated game. Spider-Man's a T-rated game. You're going to reach more audiences that way. More parents are going to be buying it. Do you think God of War will be coming out as well? No. 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 I think God of War it's comes end of. I think God of War comes end of 2021 or beginning of 2022. Okay. That's middle that, of that would be the, my prediction. The console life cycle? Sorry? Middle of the console life cycle? No, not it middle. Not middle. Like definitely really? def definitely first or second year of the of the console. Right. Uh I think it probably launches around the time frame that Horizon 2 would would launch. 
would be my Ooh. guess. Oh, there's so much. I forgot, forgot about Horizon 2 on the PlayStation. It's been a while. That game is five years old now, I think. So uh, Horizon uh, Zero well, Dawn. Think it's gonna come out. Horizon Zero Dawn, fourth best-selling PlayStation game of all time. Behind God also of War. Games to play. Yeah. So also what it, really high on the list. What I think what I think is uh they're gonna announce is I think they use Spider Man to show it off. Maybe that's what mm -hmm. they close with. Uh, I right. think they show off a lot of third party games. Maybe we see Assassin's Creed Valhalla show up on it. A lot there's what gonna be a lot of talk of about the, the SSD. Right. Uh, they're well, gonna be speaking of the SSD, yo. Um what did you think of that tech demo, though, in terms of when we're talking about tech for the PS4? Or Which PS5? tech demo? The Unreal tech demo that's going to be on the PS5. Unreal I... 4. Well, yeah. it's we, Unreal. Sorry? We talked about it a bit already. Unreal Engine 5 is also going to be not. is also going to be on on Xbox. So, you know, it's, it's less relevant to the whole PlayStation 5 talk. I... Uh, that was a weird presentation. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to say that it was only going to be <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. on the PlayStation. Sorry, but yeah. it's featured. But, yeah. but, it was a weird presentation. It wasn't particularly impressive to me. I thought the real-time um, lighting they... stuff was really cool. Uh, also, mm -hmm. the uh, uh, they updated Niagara to do uh, like what looked like, like almost Boyd simulations for the uh, how the bats moved. Like they were aware of each other's and their own positions, and they were oh. able to animate dynamically based on that. Oh, I think I think it's called Boyd Simulation. It's an it's an old thing that they used for like uh, even like massive for like crowd simulations. Okay, I, I'm pretty like sure a, I'm using the right terminology. Like, I'm not sure. It's like realistic AI movements, or more. It's more like spatial awareness between different sorts of agents, right? The agents are aware of each other, and they move in a way that 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 like they're not overlapping, and you and, and you're not animating each one of them individually, and they still look right. like a good clump. So they show right. that on the bats. Um, they also did similar stuff, like they know where lighting is hitting, and they animated the cockroaches moving out of the way, like cool stuff, like stuff that like Uncharted and Last of Us uh did. But now having that baked into Unreal Five obviously makes it a lot more accessible. The weird part for me is when they said. Uh, Artists can import high-poly oh, right. assets directly into Unreal Engine 5. And I'm like, where you... Would you want to? <laughs> yeah, like, also, where are you storing that? Because yeah. like a high-poly asset takes up a lot of storage space. And we're already complaining about games being too big. There's games that are already separating out 4K packs to just put 4K textures in them. Mm-hmm. Why bloat your game with 30 million triangle statues when, like, one that's, like, a tenth of that would look just as good? Yeah, it's... It's, it's cool that it works. It... Don't get me wrong. <laughs> that is amazing that it works. Because that's literally 75% of my job is to make sure that, like, memory doesn't crash any game that I'm working on, right? And it's cool that yeah, that's it... not a worry going forward. But my worry now is going to be, like, how, how like, you, you can't you can't give artists free reign like that. Sorry, Ken. <laughs> well, I'd be the first to agree with you that artists definitely need to be a little in check when developing a game. But I agree, like the like saying that you can import high poly assets is a bit like having a non toxic label on a bag of chips. Like you, you probably expect it to not 
like it's great that it does it but it doesn't really come into play yeah, yeah. <laughs> also like... especially when i think about what's more efficient in terms of the memory space and and usages to use textures and neural maps over actually having a ton of polygons like the mm-hmm. the, the problem of not having not wanting to have a lot of polygons has already been solved in the usage of neural maps and other advanced maps uh, that's been developed in the last years, like developed over the last generations of consoles. Mm-hmm. Um, so it did seem a bit, I wonder if it's a bit of a uh, marketing boast to try to upsell the usage of the engine. It is very impressive. Um, I, like you tell someone, if you, t- if you tell someone like, remember like seeing CG movies, you're going to be able to put those exact assets in games. No. That's impressive. That is very that is impressive. impressive. I mm-hmm. thought that was really cool. I don't understand how they did it. I was very impressed. Well, my is question it gonna for be those practical? trailers. Exactly. Is it is it practical? Can you have all this beauty and advanced technology running while you have an actual game in the background? Mm-hmm. While you have to compute all these and store all these other factors that go into building a fully fledged AAA game and still keep this level of fidelity. I think that's always been the trick. Where does your money go, been... right? Where, where, where in exactly. your triangle? Always like the development triangle. Where are you, where, where are you allocating those resources? You're making yeah. it look play or what's going on? That's one of the things that it's like so many people who are on the outside of the gaming industry misunderstand when you're building games is that every action to explore an idea, to check out a feature or a function costs such a significant amount of man hours and then essentially thus resources for the company that you have to be really efficient with your usage in terms of what you explore and what you uh, put your time and effort into. And to jump off of that, I think a lot of the features that they announced in Unreal Engine 5 do help with that, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if you're That's having exactly dynamic lighting, hidden. right? If you do dynamic yeah. lighting and and it, and you're no longer having to manually place like cube maps everywhere, right? If it's just cheap mm-hmm. to make everything dynamic. You're saving mm-hmm. a lot of time there, I, I believe, as someone who's yeah. not a lighter. Um, well, I think that that's um, like that's just not as sexy, probably. This is why I feel like this is a more of a marketing video because they picked things that were very attractive to people who wouldn't necessarily be working in the business. Mm. Um, whereas people like you or I who would have to work on the dev side, those are the things that you actually really appreciate when you are working with a, a level editor like unreal mm-hmm. or a, a game engine like unreal mm-hmm. yeah which i love by the way i should say i've I been mean, inside I've i really i really like working unreal. with unreal i've yeah. i've been working with unreal for the past six years that's the only engine i've used professionally i've used unity for fun but unreal's been pretty I've good to me unity professionally and um there are some nice things about <laughs> unreal for sure there's some very nice things about unreal. i hear like Although importing art assets in unreal is a lot better nowadays. right sorry go ahead um, I was just going to say they're they're trying to reach a lot more parity now in terms of the two engines. Mm-hmm. Um, Unreal pushing to be a bit more flexible in the mobile end, and then Unity trying to flex its legs on the AAA end. So that's been kind of interesting in the war for game engines that's been happening. Um, <laughs> the war the last... of the engines. <laughs> the last well, pixel that... will be fought in blood. <laughs> it's funny how like the the industry shifted from making your own engines and then everyone realizing how expensive and in-depth and 
you know time consuming to make an engine is let alone make a game on top of that yep and then the shift from that to the proprietary license engine That's yep kind of fascinating. yep <laughs> yep <laughs> yep <laughs> uh all right so right. PlayStation I Five think that's it for us, right? Mm. What? Oh, PlayStation Five. Yeah. Do you have anything else to say about that? Do the announced price? Are you excited? I'm excited for so for both consoles, deal. right? I'm excited for Xbox. I I I'm uh I think what they're doing with smart delivery and the way the Game Pass works is a lot community friendly. I think mm-hmm. they have a lot going for for them in that way and. With PlayStation 5, I wish I could be excited for it, but I don't know what it is yet. Mm-hmm. I don't know yet. I don't know what sets it apart from 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 Series X. Ever uh, since PlayStation 3, I've this is just me personally, but I've kind of stopped getting hyped for any console. Aside from Nintendo, who really tries to make a big Switch every once in a while. Switch, sorry. <laughs> um, Look at this guy. Uh, Look at this guy. Most of... <laughs> Look at this guy. <laughs> most of the generation or consoles uh, have been defined for me by the games that have come come out and yeah you, we never really know until at least midway whether this console generation is strong or not i didn't i didn't i wasn't sure who was winning the last generation until midway um and if you look back at it it's all going to be about the games there's only been a few like you like the wii or or the switch um or the ds those are the only ones that i can think of that have really shaken up the playing field yeah. in terms of consoles i think this time um, everything else yeah i think i think this time it has the biggest potential for for a change because of the solid state drives because it is a big deal because here's something that you don't have on pc which is you have a guarantee that players are going to be streaming things at a at a high capacity right at a high velocity so you can make your open worlds bigger you can make your movement speeds faster you could be making mm-hmm. games that you cannot have played on like like do do you ship a PC version of a game like this with an SSD requirement? Do you say you need a hard drive that's as fast as this in order to run this? Right. I will play devil's advocate and say console the consoles have been notorious for their need to optimize regardless of what generation we've been in. Um and I wonder you know, like when you're looking at um, like Valorant, for example, people are playing at 144 FPS, 120 FPS, 240 FPS. Um, and those are the games that have the the need for those high reaction times. Now, obviously, an SSD would allow that in um, like a console game. But would other limitations? No, I don't. I don't think the play? SSD will, will influence like the actual performance of the game. I think it influences oh, okay. the content, right? Oh, I the, see the SSD. Like it's easier to load world and like like it's why I said like Spider Man is going to be swinging four times as fast. The reason why he can't swing that fast in 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 PS4 right. is because they're loading that data from the hard drive. Right. And right. and players have hard drives currently, right? And if you're playing a mm-hmm. game on PC, if Spider Man came out on PC, Spider Man Two came out on PC, it's not going to happen. Probably not going to happen. I don't know. They're putting yeah. Horizon, <laughs> and 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 like it's rumored that Bloodborne and Horizon are going to be on PC alongside with Death Stranding. So like, who knows? The world's crazy now. Um, but say if they made a PC version for Spider Man, and like they did yeah. build Spider Man Two 
on PS5, hypothetically, that he can swing a certain speed, and it's counting on that fast load from this blistering fast right. SSD. You I literally cannot you play that game on a PC with a hard drive at that point. Right, I see what you mean. Normally, yeah. you wouldn't even try and attempt this, right? You wouldn't even try to but attempt you know this. The hardware. Yeah. But it's locked down. This is something that uh, CEO of PlayStation said when they said, like, do you plan to make PlayStation 5 games run on PS4? Uh, like mm-hmm. Xbox is. Like, like half Halo Infinite is going to be on, on all the co- on the platforms. Um, and he said, no. We want to make experiences that you cannot play anywhere else. And I think that's what leads into it. It's like, if you, you have this close-off platform, you can guarantee the streaming of this speed. A lot of my work that I've done on open-world games have been making sure that when you are in an open-world section and you are moving at a certain speed, you don't hit a loading screen <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. on that. Like, you look, yeah. at, you look at Star Wars Fallen Order, that's something they ran into a problem there. Because if That's you're playing it on the slowdown sections, right? Yeah, when you play when you play it on a on a on a on a base console like a like a base PS4 or uh, I guess even the PlayStation 4 Pro even, um, you get you you get these scenes where you're traversing the world and then it stops and there's a little loading icon in the corner. Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, that's kind of rough. When I work on an open world game like that, it's like it's my job to make sure that never happens. And that's a lot of time and effort that goes into making sure it's that way. And that's why, like, like certain speeds in Grand Theft Auto are what they are, right? Like, you'll never mm-hmm. have, like, a super fast a car that can go supersonic, right? Because of the it's loading time. And right. even if you're, like, in a jet in Grand Theft Auto V, you see very low-res stuff from far away. And it's just popping in constantly, right? Right. And that's from the load times. in the Matrix. And Keanu, they should have added that in the Matrix. Yeah, and Keanu's flying. Keanu's like going too fast. fast. He's like, wait, the Matrix needs to load the loadings. <laughs> What's going on here? He doesn't um, dodge bullets. He just true. moves faster than they can load the bullets. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that would be better. That's um, that's actually interesting because you would look at that's one thing that you would see you see in games that are console only is that. They have the highest level of, of, of efficiency in terms of being able to hack very, very amazing-looking things into the actual specs of a console now compared to, especially later in its lifetime, like right now, like compared Last to of a us. PC are huge. But you wouldn't know it necessarily if you just looked at the stills from the games. They've done an amazing job. Like Nintendo, for example, has notoriously always done an incredible job, even though they have all, almost always had the most underpowered hardware in the game they also have large development cycles huge development cycles huge like ingenious people who are able to uh debug and and um trying to figure that word to make it less laggy what do you call it optimize a game (laughs) oh i lost you oh no okay um you're cutting out i think we're having a hiccup all right Okay, I guess we gotta gotta wait for a little bit for you to catch up. I. Hmm. All right. I'm not sure if it's your end or my end. Nope. Oh, there you go. Are you back? Uh, could be. I think I am. Okay. How do I right? sound? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> did I'm I? Did stuck. I? Did I did I did I move too fast? 
Sorry. Um, <laughs> My SSD yeah, couldn't process oh. you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so go ahead about uh, Nintendo development cycles and what else? Oh yeah, I, I was just—I've always been very impressed by what they've done um, to be able to optimize games because their games have always looked on par with the other consoles, even though their like hardware specs have been quite, uh, quite, quite low in comparison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, okay. I'm excited for the PS PS5. Yeah. How much would you pay for one? This is why I don't buy consoles because I typically am not willing to pay their current new price mm -hmm. um like even as we talk right now as the ps5 is coming out in my head i'm thinking this is a great time to get a ps4 <laughs> not so after it comes out those... when everyone's trying to get rid of them all right yeah exactly right after it comes out you want to buy like, my ps4 <laughs> i probably i'm i, I yeah probably it, it depends if it's backwards compatible. here's the thing though what is it going to be backwards compatible like they say they say they say it's going to be backwards compatible with was. the majority of playstation 4 titles but the majority part is where I where I where I worry. Mm. Well, listen. Either way, you're not going to need your PS4 though. You you can you can keep all your games. Uh, just give me. The I'm not going to need. I'm not going to need my Xbox One X, because when I buy my Series oh. X, it's going to be completely backwards compatible. Look how easy that decision is for me. Well, I would also take that as well. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I missed this year, this season's or uh, this this generation's consoles. Oh, there's just a lot of good. There's a lot of good stuff on Xbox. Sunset Sunset Overdrive. The Halo Master Chief Collection, Halo I know, Five. I know. Man, you well, would love uh, playing multiplayer in Halo Five. Isn't that also on PC? Or Not am Halo I thinking 5. of the anniversary release? Oh, okay. The yeah. anniversary releases are on there. Yeah. I don't think they have plans to put Five on PC yet. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so either. I I was just thinking of the anniversary release. Yeah. Yeah, I I do have a lot of games to catch up on. I would definitely hit you up for your old consoles when the next one for sure next one come out yeah i think i think they're gonna probably if they were pretty aggressive with the pricing i would say 450 usd mm -hmm. i'd say they want to sell would, you know uh, that would be good that would be doable at least i thought it would be something higher like that'd be 650 canadian oh, exactly sorry i forgot yeah. that we we're yeah, you're talking in rich people prices. Yeah, yeah, American prices. <laughs> I think I think like four hundred. I think five hundred USD, four fifty to five hundred USD would probably be my 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 solid prediction. I think they want to sell it for five fifty to six hundred. I don't think they can afford to. Yeah, I think oh, they, they need take to... a loss early for the early. They took season. a loss on PS4 as well. It's it's not unknown territory. They took mm -hmm. a loss on the PS3 and they were selling it for seven hundred dollars. <laughs> I know that was the worst. That was bad generation. That was that yeah, was not good. There was a lot of good. I had that generation. There was a lot of good con. There was a lot of good games that came out of the PS3, but like I only got one when they did the slim one. That was like three hundred and fifty. <laughs> so much cheaper. Yeah. I think that's when the price range moved into something that's much more realistic. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think I I, I don't know if they even announced price on Thursday. Because well, I think we'll see. that. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Our Thursday. next episode, we'll go over it, right? You're just gonna be just gonna just gonna be here and be like, oh my god, they did it. it's four fifty. What the hell? <laughs> guess I'm Can guess I'm gonna buy. It. They they decided to drop it for three hundred. Oh my god, yeah, that would never happen. Do you rem do you happen. remember how like significant that was? I remember when I was watching the E3 presentation for like PlayStation Four and Xbox One. And and like Xbox One had gone first, and they announced uh, four ninety nine for the console, and then Sony came out afterwards, and they and they said uh, 
console is 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 four hundred, a hundred dollars cheaper. And then my friend like I got a, I got I got a text message on my phone, and it was just my friend that was also watching the press conference. And he said Sony won. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he said. Or just said GG GG. And and, and like and the, I wonder if it's almost going to be the other way around because Xbox looks so strong right now. It is such an appealing product to buy because you bring everything over. It's the same ecosystems. You have Game Pass. You know every single launch title that you yeah. want to play on Xbox is going to be on Game Pass. And I have Game Pass for like the next three years. So yeah, they have a it's they such have an easy sell. hand to start off with. Yeah, but like it, I said, it's going to be dependent on the games for me at least. Like it's it can't I can't say anything without the, without seeing the titles and how they do. And, right. and, and here's the thing is like I think for a while the only thing that's going to hit PlayStation 5 hard is going to be Spider-Man and I think you're waiting like a good year until God of War. Yeah. What you're going to get is you're going to get updated versions of Last of Us, games. Cyberpunk yeah. 2077, which is also going to be on Xbox, so not really a factor. Uh and Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, Ghost, Ghost of Tsushima, be, which yeah. in the gameplay they showed had a lot of loading issues. <laughs> Like I was seeing texture stream in like all the time. I'm like, they're showing this off. They they this must be like <laughs> this must be happening pretty frequently. I gotta admit that that demo looked a little choppy, but it a did look bit. like the content was fresh that I wanted to see though. So or at least like cool that I wanted to see. Yeah. I'm I'm excited yeah. for both those games. I will play both those games when they come out. But I can't help but wonder how much better the <laughs> PS5 version of that game will look. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I would personally wait. Yeah, I'm just. I'm just wondering how much money I'm gonna lose. All right, I think that's it though. All right, perfect. Uh, my headset battery is about to die, anyways. Excellent. So that's like the perfect timing. Perfect Excellent. Timing. Excellent. We're all about perfect timing here at Beyond the Pixel. <laughs> awesome. So we're gonna do the same time next week. Next week, everyone. Tuesday. Yep. At... So if you're here, and I'm just trying to load up our little outro. All this right. First time we get to music. Very yeah. excited. So Ken, thank you for being here. Hello. Thank you everyone for watching. And uh, yeah, take so. care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And for everything else, you know where to find us. We're gonna be right here, waiting for the drop. Beyond the pixel. Almost. <laughs> See you, everyone. Thanks for coming by.